Happy hauntings, horror fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Megan's Murder Movies. I'm your host, Megan, and this week we are jumping into the 2021 Hellbender Shutter exclusive. I really enjoyed this one when I watched it over, it was like Christmas break, I think it was, um, when I was off of work for a little bit and watched this. I watched it a couple times since. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm excited to jump into that one today to kick off May and kind of our two like Mother's Day type episodes um let's talk a little updates i don't think i have too much i went and saw evil dead holy cow absolutely amazing i can't wait to see it again in theaters i'm hoping to go with my mom on monday so yeah hoping to go see it for a second time with my mom and let's see what else scream is on paramount plus scream six so i think i've seen that since they posted it last week i think i've watched it like six or seven times I just keep putting it on like as background noise as I'm cleaning the house or folding laundry or things like that so that's been great to just keep rewatching. like I mentioned when I talked about it right after it came out I think rewatchability with that one is so high and I'm definitely feeling that because I've watched it so many freaking times since they put it on Paramount Plus um but yeah I think those are kind of the big big things I've got going on I'm trying to think I don't think so. So without further ado, let's jump on into our summary. A teen and her mother live simply in a home in the woods, spending their time making metal music. A chance encounter with a fellow teen causes her to uncover a connection between her family and witchcraft, which causes a rift between her and her mother. So the Rotten Tomatoes on this are amazing. Critics gave it a 97. Audiences only gave it a 53, which is kind of a bummer because I feel like this one's really fun, really interesting. Uh, Some of the gore is pretty good. Uh, It's a great concept. I love the whole mother-daughter dynamic. We're going to get into that a lot in Hellbender and in next week's episode, Uma. A lot of mother-daughter dynamics in these two episodes, and I really thought that it was interesting. I thought it was kind of a fun take on the witchcraft stuff and magic and that kind of stuff so it's interesting to see that it only got a 53 if i had to rate this one out of a hundred i probably would give it like a 77 or 78 i don't know if i'll re-watch it as much as i would some other things but i would definitely recommend it to people 100 percent So we've got a pretty limited cast with Hellbender, and we will start off with our main gal, Izzy, who's played by Zelda Adams, and Zelda is known for Hellbender, Halfway to Zen, and Milltown. And then we have Izzy's mother, who's played by Toby Posner. Toby's a film and theater actor, writer, director, producer, and voiceover artist. She lives in both New York and California with her creative partner and husband, John Adams, and their daughters, Lulu and Zelda Adams. So um, we will see as we go through the cast that basically it's a whole family affair, which I think is super fun. The four of them make independent films under the marquee of Wonder Wheel Productions. So then Lulu Adams plays Amber, and Lulu is known for Halfway to Zen, The Shoot, and The Hatred. And then we have the husband, John Adams, who actually plays Amber's uncle in the film. And John is known for Halfway to Zen, Knuckle Jack, and Rumble Strips. And then our last two characters are AJ and Ingrid, who are friends of Amber. And AJ is played by Risen Thondon, and he's known for Hellbender and Gen Sex, which will come out in 2024. And Ingrid is played by... Ken's mom, and the only acting credit that I could find for them is Hellbender. 
So because this is such a small kind of, I don't want to say independent, but it is. Um, this is such a small film, small cast. I couldn't really find too many fun facts about this one, aside from the main one being that John Adams, Lulu Adams, Toby Posner, and Zelda Adams are a family. The idea of the film came from Toby Posner learning that she was donor-conceived, and she imagined what if she found out that her biological father was actually the devil. And then, like her character Izzy, Zelda Adams is homeschooled. So those are kind of the only main fun facts that I could find. Um, so I know it's kind of early, but we're just going to jump into a scene-by-scene -scene breakdown. We open with a shot of the ground. It's really dark, looks kind of bloody. And we pan up to see this older woman who has blood on her face. And then we pan out and we see all of these other people. And it looks like mostly women standing around her as the woman who's covered in blood is being hoisted up by this rope on a tree. And we see that uh, this woman is being hanged. She is struggling, and then her feet stop. We pan, like, this shot is only of her feet struggling, and then we pan back out, and everyone's just watching her. We pan back to her feet, and then her feet start twitching again, and then her whole body starts twitching, and the woman is, starts making grunting noises, and the other women start looking terrified and concerned. We see a woman in the crowd pull a gun from behind her back, and she shoots this woman many times, like, I think six or eight shots. She probably empties the chamber in this woman and she's still twitching even though she's been shot in the head a couple of times the woman with the gun looks at another woman in the crowd who pulls out a dagger and this woman walks toward the body and then the body is pulled up by some otherworldly force and the woman who has just been hanged is being pulled up into the air as she is set on fire and we watch her burn it is such a trippy opening sequence because you're like i have no idea what's happening like it's very strong like salem witchcraft vibes um but it was interesting that it's like kind of an isolated area with only other women around and then she gets hoisted up in the air and we watch this woman start burning now we are with this older woman and this younger girl we soon learn that they are mother daughter and they're in a metal band together and so we see the mother has these like black x's across her eyes and this really intense makeup and it's totally badass they're talking about the songs that they're singing and then once their jam session or band practice whatever you want to call it is over we see this really interesting shot definitely one of those you know like vanity mirrors the the ones that where the one side is regular and then the other is a very zoomed in and so we see this like disfigured view of the daughter's face and she's messing with the makeup on her face and her mother comes in and says i'm gonna go to town do you need anything and this is when izzy the daughter says that she wants to go and there's this awkward pause between the two of them and then the daughter says if you could just get me some charcoal colored pencils and some new drumsticks that would be great and we quickly learn that izzy doesn't really get to go out of the house now we see the mother is leaving driving into town and it looks like they live way deep in the woods not close to other people while the mother is out picking up groceries and running those other errands that she wanted the daughter is off walking in the woods to explore um, and draw and we see that as the mom was driving into town she came to this chain in the middle of the road that she had to take off to get onto the main road uh, you know it says no trespassing beware of dog or like whatever the signs say to just get people to stay off of that road so they are clearly living a very secluded quiet life 
we see Izzy swimming in the river or lake that is near their house, but she's swimming fully clothed, like even with her sneakers on, which I find very interesting. I just think like sensory wise, I would have a hard time swimming in my shoes um, if I chose that. You know, if I didn't, didn't have a choice, like it's whatever, but she could have very easily taken her shoes off. So that scene just kind of gives me the little heebie-jeebies. Um, but she's swimming fully clothed and she seems to be having a great time. And then we see her mother you know, doing her errands in town. We're kind of cutting back and forth between what the two of them are doing. Now Izzy is sitting by the river, just kind of taking in the sounds and the sights, and it's very quiet. It's very still. I would probably spend a lot of time there if I lived there because uh, it just looks really calm and serene, and water very much relaxes me and kind of like cleanses me of all my stress. We see Izzy start walking through the woods, and she appears to have heard something and seems to be following where she thinks the noise came from. She appears to be on the lookout for whatever this is, you know, high alert, checking out what's going on. And I love this because the only thing that we see is her walking through the woods, and the only thing we hear is, like, her stepping on the ground, birds in the distance. The, the scenery and soundtrack of this is very peaceful, especially when they're out in the woods. It's really great. But there's also something a little bit unnerving about it as well. Like, it, you're like, it's kind of too calm, you know, knowing it's kind of a horror thriller movie. You're like, yeah, this is, uh, something's gonna happen. And it shouldn't be this relaxing and calm. Now we see the mother in what looks to be like a little art gallery type store. And she sees this black crown and she ends up buying it for Izzy. And we're told by the clerk at this gallery that it was made by a local artist. And then this random man in the store says that he recognizes Izzy's mother. And he's like, I think you were my mother's nurse. And she's like, oh no, I think you have me confused with someone else. And she pays for the crown and then she quickly leaves. We see her pull into the house and Izzy is waiting for her on the front steps. Her mom says that she found some cool shit while she was out. And then we see them sitting on the porch going through what her mom brought home. She gives Izzy the crown, and Izzy's very excited about it. And Izzy's probably, like, 15, 16, I would say, during the film. But she's really excited about the crown. Her mom also finds some cool CDs for them to check out. They definitely have a very, very close bond. Like, just the way that they're sitting on the porch. Her mother's actually sitting in between Izzy's legs. Like, they're both facing the same direction, but her mother is just, like, a step or two below her. And it's kind of, they're just embraced and... Izzy's got like her head on her mom's shoulder and they're very close with one another. So it's very clear that their relationship is super close knit. Now nighttime is approaching and we see her mother in the woods by herself and things seem very odd. Her mother is pulling out strands of her own hair and tying these little branches together. Um, she's doing some other stuff. She finds these berries and she's making some kind of something that we haven't seen yet or doing some sort of spell. And she even cuts the inside of her mouth and like spits the blood in her hand that comes pouring out and then starts rubbing the mixture of the berries in the blood on this twig apparatus that she's conjured basically. And we see this apparatus fly up into the air and it's this basically all seeing eye that her mother has created. But of course, Izzy's not there to see this. But this all seeing eye flies up into the air and we get a point of view from this thing that sees her mother standing in the woods. Now we see Izzy and her mother sitting down at dinner. Their dinner is very small and doesn't seem to look very fulfilling. 
It looks like a lot of plants, some ferns from the local area, just a very small portion of food. They appear not to eat any meat, but both of them seem very happy and enjoy their meal. And then I'm assuming this is the next day we see Izzy walking along the river. Her mother's back at the house and it looks to be sitting on the stairs that look like they maybe go to the attic. Uh, you know, it's just like a, a little bit of stairs that go up to a door and it's maybe six steps. And then we see Izzy's mother pull out this little bowl and she sets it in her lap and then she takes the, the lid off and then she pulls something out of it and puts it in her mouth. And she eats it and the entire time her eyes are closed. So she looks like she's in this like meditative or, or relaxed state. She pulls again something out of the box and puts it in her mouth and seems to slowly be chewing on whatever she's eating. We hear something, like some noises going on in the house, and then we see this arrangement on what appears to be their kitchen table of different flowers and twigs and berries. And again, her mother has forced herself to bleed and is drawing the symbol of like the all-seeing eye that she created on the table in her blood. She starts quietly chanting to herself, and then she puts one hand over her eye and one hand over the blood symbol, and she is able to see what the all-seeing eye sees. And we find out that this apparatus, or this thing that she has conjured up, uh, she conjured to follow Izzy to see what Izzy's doing. We see Izzy walking down the riverbank, like she was a couple minutes ago when we saw her. Her mother seems pleased with this, and that Izzy's not getting into any trouble. Then we cut to Izzy, and she has parked herself at a waterfall near their home, and she's drawing. Then in the corner of the frame, we can see this man come up, and he looks very relieved to see someone. He calls out to Izzy, and she looks really worried. And he's like, I'm so glad to see another person. I'm lost. I'm not sure how to get back to my car. And Izzy's like, you're trespassing. He's like, I'm really sorry. I get that. I've been hiking for hours. I parked on 209 but I don't know how to get back to my car. If you point me in the right direction, I'll be out of your hair in no time. I just, I'm lost. And he starts asking her if it's her property and she says she lives here with her mom. She's like, I don't know how to get back to 209. And the man's like, oh, you know, I have a niece who lives around here. You may know her. Her name's Amber. Uh, she goes to the local high school and Izzy's like, oh, and like I'm homeschooled. So I wouldn't know who you're talking about. Izzy seems very uncomfortable during this conversation and kind of awkward. Uh, again, it's clear that she really hasn't had much contact with other people aside from her mother. This hiker is trying to show Izzy that he saw the all-seeing eye floating. He's like, I saw this really weird thing. Uh, you know, I took a picture of it. I wonder if you can look at it, but he doesn't get close enough to her with the phone for her to see it. He takes a couple steps toward her and then her mother is at the top of this hill behind this hiker and calls to him and then just points in a direction. And at first you think that she's like pointing to the hiker to leave, but then you realize that she's pointing to Izzy to go back home. Izzy leaves and then the hiker, you know, is like, hey, I'm lost. Like, I'm not trying to trespass, trying to talk to the mom. But as he turns around to talk to her, she's not on the hill anymore. And then when he turns around again, she's standing right behind him. And he gets like super startled. He's like, oh my gosh, like, oh, geez, you scared me. And he's being really kind. Like, he's not, he doesn't seem like he has any malicious intent. He just got lost while he was hiking. 
Izzy's mother says that she will show him how to get back to 209. And again, he's trying to make conversation. He's talking about, you know, I have a niece who lives close. I think it'd be great if I could introduce them. And they would, you know, probably be really good friends. And then her mother turns to him and is like, are you married? And he's like, no. And she says, do you have any children? And again, he answers no. And then there's this pause between the two of them. And Izzy's mother says, okay. And then we get really tense music and her mother closes her eyes and bows her head. She raises this man up in the air like she's using the force from Star Wars. And we can tell he's choking. She cuts into his hand with her finger, tastes his blood, which seems to have a very interesting effect on her. She almost stumbles backwards and then she kind of regains her balance and then she stares up at the man, pulls her hands back, and he just disintegrates into dust. Izzy's mother looks very sad and starts crying, and then we cut back to their house and her mother returning home. We see all of these, like, foxglove plants outside their house, and I really like this shot, and it's only on screen for just a little bit as her mother's walking through these plants, but the camera is, like, closer to the ground, so what you really see in the shot is these foxglove plants. I just think it's really, I just think it's a really pretty shot. But her mother is walking up to the house. And as her mother's coming up the stairs, Izzy is at the top of the stairs and she's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to get close to him. Do you think I'm going to be okay? And her mother's like, it's all good. You're going to be fine. And then her mother continues up the stairs, goes into her room and shuts the door, leaving Izzy standing in the hallway. Now we see Izzy's mother asleep in bed and Izzy pokes her head in to see that her mom is still sleeping and then goes out of the room. We see Izzy back in the woods, and she's on this little cliff area. She's got binoculars, and she's kind of looking out over the treetops. And this movie, again, is so beautiful. Like, the scenery, the nature shots, the sounds, it's all great. Izzy's walking around the waterfall now, and then she's down by the river again. She's walking through these kind of rocks, hiking. It would be such a fun place to spend, like, a long weekend or a week just, like, relaxing and camping. Ah, this movie makes me want to go camping so bad. We cut back to the house and there's this little bee that's trapped inside and he's, you know, flying against the window like bees do trying to get out, but it's no use. And then we see Izzy's mother is just like staring at this bee, watching it trapped. And then she hears something. So she goes to look at what the noise was. And we see out of, out of a different window that there's a deer or a doe in their yard. And now Izzy's mother is in the woods, basically tracking this doe through the woods they're both moving very calmly very carefully again totally silent aside from the birds chirping which i think is just beautiful and haunting when we realize that izzy's mother is actually hunting this doe we see izzy back in the woods and she's come across a dilapidated abandoned house she seems to look around the house from the outside but doesn't really appear to go in at least from what we can see in the audience she continues walking around, and then we find out that Izzy has found the neighbor that the hiker was talking about, or she at least finds a house that has a teenage girl at it. Izzy's standing in the tree line, and she's watching this young girl who appears to be about the same age as her on the phone by this outdoor pool. And this girl sees Izzy and thinks that it's her friend AJ, and then she's like, are you going to come out, or are you just going to keep standing there like a perv? And there, she and Amber we'll find out this girl's name is Amber. She's kind of joking with this figure that she thinks is her friend, but it's actually Izzy. So she gets closer to where Izzy's standing and then she kind of pulls back and she's like, oh, like you're not, you're not AJ. 
And Izzy's like, oh, like, I'm sorry. I was just walking. Uh, my name's Izzy. I, you know, I live not too far from here. Amber introduces herself and Izzy says that they're neighbors. And she's like, I, you know, again, I just live over the mountain. And Amber invites her over for a beer. Izzy shrugs and just kind of stands there and they're staring at each other. And Amber's like, well, are you going to come over? You're just going to continue to like creep in the tree line. Izzy walks up and the two of them have a beer and start talking. We go back to Izzy's mother and she is in the house washing her hands and like up to her forearms are covered in blood. Izzy tells Amber that she's sick and can't be around people and Amber jokingly says, yeah, none of us can. Izzy finally sits down next to Amber, but she moves the chair a little bit farther away from where it had been. So it wasn't, you know, the chairs weren't right next to each other. Izzy, and she maybe moves it like a foot and a half. It's really not that much. But this causes Amber to chuckle, and then they start talking more. Amber wants to know why she hasn't seen her around, and Izzy says that she's homeschooled. Amber asks what she does for fun, and Izzy's like, I draw, I swim, I'm in a band. She tells Amber that she plays the drums and sings and also writes the lyrics. Amber's like, well, what's your band's name? And Izzy says the band's name is Hellbender. Amber's like, you gotta come play for us one of these days at a party. That would be awesome. And Izzy gets so excited. Like, you can just see the excitement on her face she's like yeah that would be so much fun amber cracks open the beers and hands one to izzy and she looks awkwardly at it for a second and she's very unsure on if she wants to drink it if she should she doesn't want her mother to know very clearly amber tells her to drink up and then it appears amber's going to get in the pool we pause on izzy for a moment and she's kind of looking at the beer contemplating and then she decides that she's gonna drink it now we are back at the house with Izzy's mother and we're in that room that again I'm assuming is the attic and so that's the room that we were seeing it behind her at the top of the staircase. We see these old family photographs and then there's the same symbol that Izzy's mom had configured in the woods. She places her hand over the symbol that's carved into the door and then a key comes out of her hand and she uses that key to get into the room. Izzy's mother goes in and then stands facing the desk in the room and is staring at this large black book that is on the desk. She places her left hand over the top of the book and then we start hearing chanting. We start seeing all of these different visions, first a ring and then two people. We see Izzy screaming. There's a fire. We see her mother looking terrified. It's all these different like kind of like hallucination sequences is almost what I would call it or, or not prophecies, but like premonitions maybe is the best word. Uh, like, you know, these like premonition sequences. We see both Izzy and her mother in these like black cloaks. Izzy is calling her mother a liar while her mother is laughing. We see Izzy ask her mom what's happening. And then all we hear is Izzy screaming. We cut back to the bedroom with her mother and she takes her hands off the book and she looks a little startled. She looks at some of the family photographs, and then her mother leaves the room, closing the door behind her. We jump back to Amber and Izzy, and Amber has taken her shoes off and taken, like, these little barrettes out of her hair so that she can swim. She tells Izzy to get in the pool, and they start playing around. They're splashing, and we get, like, a fun little swimming montage of them having a good time, becoming, you know, more friendly. They're racing in the pool, and again, Izzy is in all of her clothes. Once the little montage ends, Izzy is in the pool, but she has her arms kind of resting on the side while Amber is on the deck sunbathing. While Amber is not paying attention, Izzy decides that she's going to steal Amber's pink barrettes. 
And then Amber randomly says, I better get home. I have a babysitting gig tonight. And Izzy's like, wait, I thought you lived here. And Amber's like, no, I just sneak in here to use the pool because these people just use this as their vacation house. So they're never around. Somebody's got to be able to use it. Then she tells Izzy that she lives about a mile down the road. And as she's collecting her things, she tells Izzy that I have friends coming tomorrow. If you want to show up, we could hang out again and tells Izzy to bring a bathing suit. And then Izzy's like, I don't have one. And Amber chuckles and is like, no worries. I got you. I'll bring you one but I'll see you tomorrow, hellbender. And then they say their goodbyes. Amber leaves and Izzy stays in the pool for a moment before she also heads out. Now it's band practice and they're getting ready to start. It looks like they've got great makeup on again. Izzy's got this bright pink star over her eye and her mom has this like, you know, like a raccoon bandit mask and black paint on her face. And Izzy is saying that she wants to play out for people in public. And her mom's like, well, yeah, that's not going to happen. Izzy's like, I'd love for people to hear our songs. I think we're really good. Why can't we just go out in public for a couple times? And her mom's like, what's going on? Like, why are you acting like this? What are you, what are you doing? Izzy says, what if I'm better? And her mom's like, well, you're not. And she's like, well, how do you know? I've never been around people since I was little. How would you know that I'm like not okay? And her mom's like, because I don't want to take that chance. Izzy again says that she just wants a friend. And her mom says, look, I just don't want to take that chance. You can't be around anyone ever. And her mom says, we should really just practice. Let's just practice. Izzy looks really heartbroken and really discouraged. We hear them play a song called Armageddon that's actually pretty fucking sick. Like, I really like the songs that we get from them in the movie. They're really good. The music in this is good. You know, the the scenery soundtrack and the nature sounds are great. But the actual, you know, music soundtrack is, is also really good. Now we see Izzy looking at the barrettes that she took from Amber, and I think that in this scene, Izzy's contemplating whether or not she's going to go back to do what she wants, to hang out with Amber and meet more people and have fun, or if she's going to continue to be the person that she's always been and listen to what her mother says. We see her walk up to the mirror, and she puts the pink barrettes in her hair, and she seems really excited, like enthralled of the idea, you know, change and evolution and all of that. She smiles to herself, and then we see her crawl into bed for the night, Now it's the next day and we see three people in the pool. One of them is sunbathing on a paddleboard that's been set in the pool and the other two are playing with a beach ball. Izzy comes up and we see that this is Amber and AJ and Ingrid, Amber's friends. So Amber and AJ are the ones playing with the beach ball and Ingrid is tanning herself on the paddleboard. Izzy introduces them and we learn that AJ is going to medical school in the fall and Amber's like, you should tell him about your STD. And Izzy's like, I don't have an STD. I have an autoimmune disease. And he's like, oh, which one? And Izzy says that she has X-linked severe combined autoimmunodeficiency disease. And AJ's like, oh, that's weird. I really thought only boys got that. And it was super severe, like past infancy like you're most people aren't going to survive into adolescence or childhood or adulthood with that autoimmune disease and then he kind of pauses for a minute and he's like well if you do have that you should thank your mom for it because that's where it came from it came from the x chromosome we then see ingrid over in the corner of the deck playing on this drum set that's sitting there amber tells ingrid that she sucks on the drums And then she tells Hellbender to give it a try. And we see Izzy absolutely crushing it on the drums. Everyone's having a great time. She's totally jamming out. We see the group of them taking tequila shots. And of course, Izzy's not had tequila. So AJ's like, I'm going to make this a little special. I'm going to put a live worm into one of the shots. And someone's going to end up with the worm. 
AJ then passes out these shots and, of course, gives Izzy the tequila shot. He makes it sound like it's going to be random, but he, likes purposely passes these out, so it was not random at all. Izzy says that she's a vegetarian, and then Amber's like, well, now you're a wormitarian. Ingrid says that she'll have the worm, and AJ's like, nope, you eat the worm if you get the worm. And AJ tells her that it will give her superhuman strength. Ingrid says, just plug your nose and drink it, and you won't even taste it. So then Izzy plugs her nose and takes a drink and drinks the tequila shot with the worm in it. Everyone's really excited and proud of her, and they also seem a little shocked that she actually did it. And it just it kind of sucks because they're like trying to be friendly with her but like that was also kind of rude like they didn't need to do that at all they didn't need to mess with her just because she doesn't have experience in the outside world and then all of a sudden izzy gets this look on her face like she's going to be sick the music gets really intense and then she just starts screaming like blood curdling screaming her face gets red her eyes get weird everyone looks concerned and then she just stares straight ahead she stands up looking terrified, almost like she's in this like trance. And then we hear tires pull up to the house and the people who actually live in the house have come to visit. Everyone jumps up and scrambles, grabbing their things. And the only person who doesn't grab their things is Izzy. She leaves in her bathing suit. She has no shoes on and she just follows Amber out into the woods. We get a little montage of them running. And then after a while they stop and Amber's like, they never come up on weekdays. Like that's so crazy. Both of them are laughing. And then we see kind of what Izzy is seeing and everything looks a little bit warped, almost like she's on drugs, you know, like it's that kind of like woozy feeling. Everything's moving and there's this weird energy. And then Amber's like, dude, you're totally screwed. You left all of your clothes back there. Izzy's still not saying anything. And then she kind of like walks up to Amber very slowly, like very fixated on Amber. And Amber's like, hey dude, I'm not gay, but I have friends that I can introduce you to if you want. And then we see Izzy close her eyes and then she opens them and she gets this like weird smile on her face. And then she grabs Amber by the throat and Amber like pushes her off. She's like, never come near me again. And then Amber runs off. We see Izzy slink back off into the woods, kind of slowly moving, and she ends up walking back to the house to get her clothes. She collects her things and then leaves, and as she starts walking out into the woods away from the house, this man approaches her, and we learn that he's the owner of the house that they were playing around in the pool in. She's still kind of seeing things, having this weird energy in this kind of trance state, and the guy tells her that she's fucked, and he's like, I'm sick of you breaking into my pool house, that's a vintage drum set you are messing with, and she's obviously not listening to them, and he's like, are you fucking high? Are you stoned? And she still doesn't answer, like, not even paying attention, she's just staring off into space. He calls her an idiot and then says, you're coming with me, and I'm gonna go and call the cops. And at that point, she drops the clothes she's carrying in her hands and smiles. And then we kind of cut back to her mom staring out the window of their house, watching Izzy walk up to the house, back in her clothes, not in the bathing suit, seemingly not in a trance anymore. And then we get the shot of Izzy at the bottom of the stairs and her mother at the top of the stairs, and they're talking to one another. Her mother wants to know where she's been, and she says she was with some friends of hers. Her mom slowly comes down the stairs, but about only about halfway, and then sits down. Kind of seems like they're kind of maybe eye level a little bit and Izzy tells her mom that she ate a worm a live worm and then her mom asks if her friends are okay Izzy says yes they'll be fine and then she looks at her mom and she's like I'm not sick and her mother very calmly says you're dangerous 
Izzy tells her mom that Amber's uncle has been missing for two days, and her mom looks like she's going to cry, and then she starts crying. And then next we see Izzy in her bedroom, and her mother's trying to talk to her. She's like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to help you. And we can see that Izzy's mother is standing outside of her bedroom door, like almost in the doorway, but not quite. And we can't really see any of her mother's features. We just see kind of like her silhouette. And so her mom's like, we can talk about what happened today. And then the lights cut off and the door slams in Izzy's mom's face. And we saw Izzy like closer to the camera. So there's no way that she was the one that slammed the door physically, but she most likely did it mentally. It's now nighttime and we hear laughing and like chanting very lightly. We see Izzy wake up and she gets out of bed. She seems to be looking around for the noise and then she goes out of the bedroom. And I love how this is shot because of course it's totally dark in the house. So we see just like a little bit of natural lighting coming in since it's kind of dusk or maybe super early morning. I can't really tell, but there's not much light. So we just see kind of shadows. And then we see Izzy at the door of the attic and she does the same thing with her hand where she puts it up to the symbol and a key comes out. She slowly takes the key to open the door and then she enters the room. We still hear chanting and laughing and Izzy walks over to the book that we had seen her mother kind of put her hand over earlier in the film. Izzy sits down at the desk and lightly touches the book at first and then we get a close-up of Izzy's face as she seems to be contemplating whether or not she wants to open the book. Then she sets her palm fully on it like her mother did, Izzy's eyes closed, and then she enters this trance-like state, and she's clearly being shown something from the book, and it's kind of similar to what her mother saw, except for Izzy's is a lot scarier. There's bloody faces, there's intense faces, people screaming, lots of things going on. Izzy stands up and steps away from the desk, and then we get a view of this very fuzzy caterpillar on some greenery. We see Izzy and her mother are walking through the woods together and Izzy's looking at this caterpillar and her mom says that you shouldn't eat that because the hairs will get stuck in your teeth. We learn from her mother that living things give them power if they eat them and that if they eat something that fears them, they will get more power. The more fear in the creature is more power for yourself. Her mother says that if you thought a worm gave you power, try a rat or a dog or a deer or something bigger. And then Izzy says, what if we eat something? What if we eat a person? And her mother says, then you will know true power if that happens. Izzy asks if this is a dream. And then we see her mother wake up and she goes to check on Izzy. Izzy's still in bed asleep and her mother just kind of stands in the doorway. But it's a great shot because we only again get her mother's shadow based on the light. Then she comes into Izzy's room and crawls into the bed and lays next to her and just kind of holds her like a mother would do for a young child who's having a nightmare. We see her mom lay there for a moment and we hold on that shot and then we cut to this plate that has a severed finger on it and some, some more like leaves and branches and things and we see Izzy is eating the finger like you would a rib. And her mother is standing there watching her and then says, I've never seen you like raspberry thorns so much. And we realized it was just Izzy's imagination that she was eating a finger. She was actually eating a raspberry thorn. And her mother asks if she would like to go for a hike and Izzy agrees. We see them hiking through the woods and her mother tells Izzy that she shouldn't have kept this from her and that it was a mistake. And Izzy's like, it's okay, but she wants to know why her mom did that. Her mom shrugs and says, just to keep you safe. And Izzy wants to know from what and her mother says you've opened a door that once it's open can be hard to shut 
but you only opened it a little, right? And her mom says, it's great that now you know, and it was bound to open. And her mom says that she's just bummed that she wasn't there when it happened. And she says that Izzy's good, and she's going to help Izzy learn how to keep everything under control. We hear some thunder in the distance, and it sounds like it's going to start raining soon. And then we get a wide shot of her and her mother walking through the woods. Izzy wants to know if her and her mother are the same, and she wants to know if her mom's mom was like them. Her mom says yes, but she wasn't a good mother, and in the end, she might have wished that she had been, and then her mom just kind of leaves it at that. They continue walking through the woods, and Izzy wants to know if they can leave the mountain now, and her mom says no. Izzy's like, but I'm not sick, and her mom says, look, I'm going to show you something, but you have to promise no more door slamming, okay? Her mom then takes her over to a tree, and they each eat part of a caterpillar together. And you can tell the power is coming over her. Her mom smiles, and they experience that kind of power euphoria is what I'm going to call it, uh, where everything gets kind of distorted. And, you know, they experience that together. And Izzy then goes and gives her mom a big hug. Now they're sitting cross-legged in the woods, facing each other, and Izzy's mother is showing her some more magic. Izzy's mother takes a twig off of the ground and, and runs her hand up the length of it, and then a flower blossoms at the top, and she's able to send the twig floating into the air. Izzy now tries to do the same thing. She picks up a twig, but when she runs her hand up it like her mother did, the twig, instead of a flower, starts bleeding. And when Izzy lets go of it, it drops into the earth and is absorbed by the earth rather than flying up into the air. And her mom's like, holy shit, and that's why you can't leave the mountain. They both start laughing. They're clearly still on their little euphoric power high from the caterpillar. We cut back to the house, and they have made it home now. We see them doing more rehearsal for their band. We cut to an image of an upside-down Izzy in a field of red and orange leaves. That's like It's a beautiful shot. She's just laying down, kind of looking at the sky, and then we cut back to band practice, and then we cut and we see Izzy practicing some magic, like we saw her mother doing, cutting the inside of her mouth, using the blood. Uh, she found flowers... She takes this feather and runs her hand across it, and then we see that she is now sending this all-seeing eye into the sky. Then we have this amazing night shot of Izzy standing in front of a large bonfire in the woods, it looks like, and she's moving her arms around, and you can see kind of all of the embers moving in the form of how her arms are moving. So she's kind of controlling them and the fire. It's a really cool scene. I love the lighting in this and the colors with the orange and the light and how it reflects on Izzy's face. It's great. It does not last very long, but it's one of my favorites in the film. Now I get this really interesting shot of this hill and there's this like lamp post at the bottom and I'm assuming it's Izzy, but we, again, we only see the silhouette of the person, but we see someone walking up the hill and then it transitions very quickly from that person walking up the hill to that person sitting almost like a gargoyle on top of the lamp post. It's very interesting. Then we get this great shot of Izzy's mom's bedroom and it's just of her window but the camera shot is like from the ground so you can see like the corner of her bed and then the window but we're really just getting a view of the sky. Her mother wakes up and hears Izzy down in the basement. She goes to check on her, but she's standing at the top of the basement stairs, and Izzy comes to meet her at the bottom, and and I think she does this so that her mother doesn't go down the stairs, and we find out later in the film what's actually down the stairs. And her mom's like, oh, what are you doing? And Izzy's like, oh, I was just putting away some paint, like no big deal. 
she comes back up the stairs and walks past her mom and her mom kind of holds at the top of the stairs and looks down like she's not totally sure if she believes izzy but we see her close the door anyway then we see her mother in the attic and she put her hand on the book again and we see this image of someone in this dark black cloak and it almost looks as if their aura is being caught in the wind like they're almost just turning into dust as the wind passes through them we see that Izzy's mother is also dressed in one of these cloaks, and when she puts her hands out and points, we see that Izzy is the one that's disappearing into the wind that's in the other cloak. We see her fully disappear into the end and essentially turn to dust, and her mother closes her eyes, and it looks like she may also start disappearing. And then we cut back to her mother in the attic room. Then we see her mother standing outside Izzy's door, and Izzy from the inside says I can hear you hearing me and her mom asks if she can come in her mom goes in the room and is like do you remember that friend you made last summer and now we kind of know the timeline that it's been almost a whole year has gone by since Izzy has seen Amber and the pool incident happened her mom wants to know if they're still friends and Izzy doesn't answer and then her mom says have you seen her since then and Izzy says no her mom says, is it because I forbid you or did something bad happen? And Izzy says, the last time I saw her, she said my friendship was kind of suffocating her. And her mom's like, it's not her, your fault. And she reminds Izzy that we're not like them. We don't need them. We can be perfectly happy here together. And then Izzy's like, how come I'm the only one that's completely alone? Her mom says that they can work on that. And Izzy says, but I'm not dangerous. And her mom says, yes. Izzy wants to know how she's dangerous and to who and instead of her mom actually answering uh she says you mean whom and this obviously doesn't bode well with izzy and she looks upset and the screen fades to black we get a shot from outside the house and we hear her mother say hey izzy i'm going to go into town do you need anything izzy's like nope i'm good then we go into the house and we see izzy come out of her bedroom and go upstairs and she also goes into the attic she puts her hand on the book and we see a lot of darkness and then a ton of vivid colors it's kind of like this psychedelic looking trip almost and we see this interesting creature it's like a ram but not necessarily a ram it's got this white mask and these horns and we see this person walking through water her mother's there there's an image of her mother's face with like her mouth sewn shut and then we see the same image of the witch who was lifted up at the beginning of the film and was burning and we see that image again izzy looks around the room and we see more of the old family portraits we cut to her mother in town and she's just kind of standing outside the store looking up and down the street just standing there next we see izzy at the kitchen table and she does the same all seeing eye um ritual or whatever you want to call it and we see that she has made one and it is following amber we see amber walking through the woods and then we get an overhead shot of the forest now izzy and her mother are walking through the woods together i'm guessing on another hike and izzy decides that she wants to go to the ravine she makes this decision based on this carcass that was kind of uh, a few ways in front of her a couple paces in front of her and her mom catches it and is like, oh, look, there's more bones over there. And you can tell Izzy was kind of trying to get her mom away from the bones, but it didn't really end up working. And now we see the two of them standing over this partial skeleton. And Izzy's like, what do you think did it? And her mom says, I don't know, but I've been seeing a lot of bones lately, all stripped like this and clean, and it's really impressive. And Izzy says it's probably coyotes and that it's beautiful. And her mom says, whatever did this is not right or wrong. It's just their nature. And then the two of them continue on. 
Now they're at the ravine and Izzy wants to know what their nature is. Her mother says our nature is dark, but I can teach you how to starve it so it doesn't consume you. Izzy says, you said whatever killed the deer was in their nature and it wasn't bad or good. And her mom says, do you know why we're called hellbenders? It's because we were so powerful and anything powerful is feared. Our ancestors were drunk on that fear. They craved it. And so it was said we had turned our backs on the heavens and bent toward hell. Izzy nods like she thinks it's badass like she clearly enjoys that story and then she even tells her mom that it sounds kind of badass and her mom's like is that what you want your legacy to be to be unloved soulless feared and izzy then quickly shakes her head no her mom gives her a little pop quiz on some magic stuff and she's like what do you get when you mix huckleberries and tears and izzy's like it enhances your eyesight and then her mom says what if you crush spider webs and ivy And Izzy shakes her head because she's not sure. And her mom says it makes your palms sticky so you can climb trees like squirrels, which I think would be very cool. They both chuckle at this. Izzy wants to know where she learned this stuff. And her mom says that she learned it from her own mother. Izzy wants to know if she learned it from anywhere. And her mom says no, but it definitely seems like she's kind of hiding something. Her mom then changes the subject and starts talking about plants. And we learn that... Her and Izzy, along with other hellbenders, are self-reproducing. Her mother also says if you crush ferns and fungus with one very special element, blood, you can smell blood on the wind. Her mom says that we don't need this anymore, we're evolving, but it's really fucking cool to do, so they try it. Izzy is really excited to be learning and kind of spending this time with her mom, and her mom wants to know what she smells. Izzy says that she's guesses a crow and her mother nods and then Izzy smells again and she says a rabbit but that must not be right. Izzy takes another smell and then she's like I smell something big and her mom says that she smells a man and at this point we see a police officer standing above them on this little hill area and he's like hello and her mom turns around and is like you're trespassing on private property and he's like actually I'm right on the property line um, so I'm okay. I would love to talk with you guys for just a minute. Her mom says they don't have time, and he's like, please, just 30 seconds. They agree to talk with him. He's really nice. He compliments Izzy's shirt and then tells them that he thinks that there might be a rabid mountain lion in the area, and he asks if they've seen any dead animals lying around, and Izzy very quickly says no, and her mother does not seem happy that Izzy has lied about that. And then the police officer explains that they also had a hiker go missing. They found his car on 209, but no sign of his body. And then we put together that, of course, that hiker was who we saw in the beginning that Izzy's mother killed. They say they've not seen any hikers around. And then much to her mother's surprise, Izzy's like, I bet it's hellbenders. And he's like, well, what's a hellbender? And she's like, it's a cross between a witch and an apex predator. You know, they can smell blood of humans and they can live off the power of fear. And he's like, well, if your band doesn't make it big, you should definitely be a writer. You girls be safe out here. Thanks for your time. Just stay safe. Um, He's totally clueless, even though they were both being a little bit sketchy. Now it's winter, the snow has come, the seasons have changed, it's cold outside. We see Izzy's mother down by the river and we see her walking through the snow along the riverbank. It's currently snowing outside and she comes across an even larger carcass that has been picked apart. We see Izzy's mother try all the all-seeing eye thing again that she would use to keep track of Izzy, but it's not working. Every time she covers her eye, she's just getting basically a blank screen or a blank view. 
We now see them eating together, and the only thing on Izzy's plate is a worm. And Izzy's like, this is so small. We should eat a frog or a hedgehog, something bigger. We could go out for a burger. Since she can tell her mom isn't liking the original conversation, she's trying to make it a joke, but her mom doesn't think that it's that funny. And then her mom's like, here, you can have mine, and gives Izzy her worm. Then we get this very interesting scene where Izzy and her mom are lying on the carpet, and they're playing with these old vintage toy cars that, not like classic-looking cars, but like old toy cars from like the 20s or the 30s. And they're lying on their sides facing each other. And her mom says, I love you so much, I could just eat you up. But if you break my heart, I will devour you. And they're just laying there staring at each other. Then we cut to Izzy in her bedroom and she's levitating the pink hair barrette that she stole from Amber. And then we hear her mother say, look, I know you're pissed off, so let's smoke a peace pipe. And Izzy kind of gets this questioning look on her face and then we see the two of them lying on the floor and we see the little dish that her mother had been holding and eating something out of earlier in the film. We get a shot of the inside and it's full of maggots and Izzy's like that's so small but her mom explains that maggots are very potent. She's like they're the great death feeders of the world so that's why they're potent. We learn that her mom collects these from dead animals in the woods and she tells Izzy to try one. They each take a little maggot and eat and then they're both out in the snow, like kind of just high, freaking out. Her mom tackles Izzy and then Izzy says that we should start flying. And now Izzy is like sitting over the top of her mom and then she vomits like this like dark blood on her mom's face, but they both think it's absolutely hilarious. And then she turns Izzy over so that her mom is on top and does the exact same thing and throws up in Izzy's face. They're both laughing maniacally, faces covered in blood in the snow. It's, It's such a great scene with the contrast of like the snow with their red faces. And then now her mom is kind of Um, projecting this dark aura out and making these shapes with it and Izzy's kind of messing with all of the shapes so her mom makes a flower and Izzy makes it go away by like piercing it with an arrow and then her mom makes one into a heart and then Izzy like messes with that one again and her mom calls her a bitch and then her mom says have you been in my dreams and Izzy says we would make a great team and then her mom looks over at her very questioning and again they're still laying in the snow at this point And then her mom says that she doesn't feel so good. But Izzy still seems to be riding the maggot high, I'm guessing. Now it looks like they're back at home. They're sitting on the couch and Izzy's sitting upright and her mom is lying down with her head in Izzy's lap. It's very dark so we can see like bits of Izzy's face. Like the shadows in this are really good with the lighting. uh, So it makes it look a little bit demonic. You know, because we can't really see Izzy's features. We can't see her eyes. We can't see most of her mouth. We can just kind of see like the forehead and the bridge of her nose and a little bit of her cheeks. And then we see a side profile of her mom, of course, because she's lying with her head in Izzy's lap. Izzy says that that was really fun and her mom says that they can't do that again. Izzy then asks about her mom's mom and her mom explains that her mother was a monster. She ate half of the village. There were children, my friends, and her mom felt so guilty that she showed her mouth shut. Izzy wants to know if she starved to death, and her mother says no, she was hanged. And so we learn that that's who we saw in the beginning of the movie. And we also learn that they are, that hellbenders can live a long time. Izzy wants to know how hellbenders can die, and her mother says all hellbenders die in the same way that the seasons die. Spring eats winter, winter eats summer, summer eats fall, and fall eats summer. 
Izzy asks how old her mother is, and we learn that her mother is 147, she thinks, but she's not totally sure. And then Izzy asks, how old are you going to be? And her mom says, will you tell me? And so basically from this scene, we realize that in order for them to create new life to reproduce, that Izzy would need to kill her mother in order to have her own child. Now it's nighttime in town. We see Amber leaving work. And Izzy shows up kind of out of the shadows and says hello. And Amber's like, what are you doing here? And Izzy's like, I just wanted to say hi. Amber thinks that Izzy's been stalking her and calls her a psycho. And Izzy's like, no, I just wanted to give you this. And hands her this box that's wrapped in gift wrap. And she says, it's the bikini that you let me borrow. And Amber says, oh, it's no problem. And then Izzy apologized for being such a weirdo last summer. Amber's like, no, that's fine. And then she's like, can you believe what happened to that guy that chased us last summer? He got attacked by some wild animal and he's, you know, he died. And Izzy's like, oh, that's crazy. And Amber's like, I was kind of worried that maybe something had happened to you. I'm happy that it didn't, even though you're a total nutcase. But Amber's like being friendly to her. She's like kind of, you can tell she's softening a little bit. We then see Izzy hold out her hand and she's got the pink barrettes in her hand. And she's like, I'm also going to give these back to you as well. And Amber doesn't recognize them at first. And then Izzy admits, I stole them from you when I first met you back at the pool. And Amber's like, you know what? Just back the fuck off. And she throws the bikini, like the the box that has the bikini in it, throws it at Izzy's feet and then walks away. And this definitely seems to make Izzy upset and sad. And I can't tell if she's going to like light Amber on fire, if she's going to cry. Maybe both. We find out here in a minute. But at that moment, you're not sure. It's still winter, their house is covered in snow, and we get these external shots of the house. And as we zoom into the house, we see Izzy's mother is now waking up on the couch. It seems like the maggots maybe have given her some sort of hangover. Her mom wakes up and calls out for Izzy. She's walking around the house looking for her, but can't seem to find her. She's getting no call back. She goes up to the attic and puts her hand over the door, but the key does not come out like we've seen it happen throughout the film. She tries the doorknob, and it's unlocked. She opens it and goes inside, but the book is gone. She's now trying to find Izzy. She goes into Izzy's room, and she sees the black book on a little table in Izzy's room. She puts her hand over it, and we see that Izzy was the one who killed that man in the woods. We see Izzy in the bikini, and it looks like she's floating. She's covered in blood, and then we see after she kills that man, she ends up seeing the eye in the sky, and she uses her powers to bring it down and destroy it. And that's why her mom hasn't been able to see her with it. And as her mother is coming out of that realization, we see Izzy say, Hey, Mom. And she asks her mom if she wants to hear something that she wrote for Hellbender. And then she tells her mom, There was a wolf who longed to be a sheep, so she cut her claws and cracked her teeth, and she buried the wolf beneath. And when she bore a cub, she raised it as a lamb. She cut its claws and cracked its teeth. She buried deep the wolf beneath. But when the lamb grew, so did her claws and so did her teeth. And the wolf ate her mother, who was just a sheep. Her mom looks like she's going to be sick. And Izzy seems very happy with herself with this new thing that she wrote for their band. And now it looks like they're outside because the wind is just making their hair fly all around. We're only getting these like face shots of the two of them. And then Izzy says, hey, do you want to meet my friend Amber? And we see that Amber is alive and scared shitless. And now we see that they're in this large white room sitting at this table across from one another. And Amber is on the table, but missing the lower half of her body. 
Izzy takes a fork and dips into Amber's body to consume her. And then we see Izzy's mother start screaming. And at this time, Amber is also whimpering and yelling. And then we see that this is what her mother saw when she put her hand over the book. Now we hear help me coming from somewhere in the house, and this leads her mother down into the basement. She's now standing in the basement looking around, and it looks like she's getting ready to leave because she doesn't hear anything again. And then as she's getting ready to turn, she hears whimpering. She turns, and there's this large chest, like footlocker-type box in the basement, and it seems to be where the sound is coming from. She sees a few droplets of blood on the box, and she decides she's going to open the box, and when she does, she jumps back a little bit, and so you expect to see, like, Amber's body or Amber tied up or something, Um, but she turns on this lamp and lowers it, and then the audience gets to see what's in it, and there's this, like, giant, nasty, bloody-looking hole that, like, goes into the ground, like a cave, but a lot smaller, and it looks wet, like, bloody, and if you're claustrophobic, this scene's probably going to be a little tough. Um, because we see her mother climb through this small cave, basically, to get into this other room that's a lot bigger, but also completely pitch black. So we only have this little lantern that her mother has. It kind of reminds me of like maybe an esophagus. It definitely seems very small, but her mom's able to push her way through nonetheless, because she keeps hearing Amber whimpering further down in this creepy cave. Her mother finally makes it into this larger room, and we see Amber's on the ground covered in blood. She's unable to move, and she asks Izzy's mom if Izzy's here. Amber's like, I can't move my body. Please help me. Her mother wipes her hand across Amber's face and then tastes Amber's blood. And this whole time, Amber's just pleading with Izzy's mom to help her to get her out. She's asking her to let her go. Please don't let her do this to me. Please help me. Please help me. Don't leave me. And again, the whole place is dark, so the only light that we have is this little lantern, which makes the pleading um, and the blood and everything even scarier. She picks up the lantern and is looking around, and then we hear Izzy say, Hey, Mom, that's my friend Amber. Remember we met her uncle in the woods that one day? I think you dusted him. And then all of a sudden, her mom kind of teleports right in front of Izzy, and Izzy jumps a little bit. She's like, Oh, I like that trick. She tells her mom that she saw her take a taste of Amber, And Izzy's mom looks like she's going to cry. And she's like, I can save you both. This is going to be okay. I can save you. And Izzy's like, save me from what? Clearly she has no desire to change. She has no desire to live the life that her mom wanted her to live. And her mom's like, I want to save you from the hell that I've known. I just wanted us to be people. And Izzy's like, people, like the people you've kept me from, people like Amber, people that believe in good and evil, God and the devil, if they want to believe in hell so badly, I'll give them hell. And her mom says, no, but Izzy, you're good. I raised you to be good, not evil. And Izzy's like, I saw the book, the blood, the bodies, the babies, the terror. I listened to your secrets and I watched your dreams. I know the truth, mom. And her mom's like, I only did what I was taught to do. Yeah, I made sure you weren't a tool for the hands of hell. It's not a gift, Izzy. And Izzy says, then why was it given? And then Izzy repeats to her mother about the only way a hellbender can die if the season's eating the seasons, and then she asks her mom, did you sacrifice your mother? Izzy's trying to get her mother's hellbender to come out. You know, she's definitely provoking her. She's like, I want to see it. I know it's in there. And then we see her mother's face contort into this, like, demonic looking presence. And Izzy very, she's very excited about this. And she's like, there it is. I knew it was in there. You're so beautiful. But now it's my turn. And then she turns into her hellbender, and we see her face. 
her mother's like, I'm not afraid of you. And then we get this great close-up of Izzy, and she says, but you will be. And then Izzy throws her arms out, this big bonfire in this room. And we see all these bones in the dark room, and Amber is screaming still, help me, please help me, please. And Izzy takes her hand, and she crushes Amber's face, and then we see Izzy's hellbender again. She snaps her fingers, the lights go dark, and her mom grabs the lantern again. And she's like, don't, I'm, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm, I'm just not ready. And she just keeps repeating this. And Izzy goes, easy mom, I'm not going to eat you. I'm not ready to have a little hellbender. And I love you. I'm going to town. Do you need anything? Then her mother in a whimper says, bass strings. And Izzy's like, you got it. And then she leaves. And it looks like she's going to be leaving her mother in that dark room for a while. And the last shot we see is Izzy flying into the sky with her hellbender face on. And that is the 2021 Shutter exclusive of Hellbender. I love movies like this where there's a very clear dynamic between the characters. And um, I love the idea that, much like we'll talk about in next week's episode with Uma, um, you know, her mom is trying not to become what her mother was. And in trying to save Izzy, she ended up pushing her further away. Um, and I think that that dynamic's really interesting because I feel like that's so common in day-to-day life, especially, you know, with, you know, parental trauma and, the, you know, those cycles of abuse and things like that, which, we'll, again, we'll talk more about next week because I think that's a little bit more applicable in Uma. But with Hellbender, I love the idea that, you know, her mom's really trying to keep her safe, but in order to do that, it ended up causing Izzy to be very reckless and her whole little story about the lamb you know the wolf who wanted to be a lamb so it it broke its claws and cut its teeth and all of that stuff I think is really really good it's it's chilling um again it's not like the most terrifying movie that I've seen but I definitely would recommend it it's a great shot it's got some really cool like nature views the soundtrack's awesome Go give it a watch if you haven't. Um, it's like a 90-minute movie, hour and 20, something like that. Um, pretty quick watch, pretty fun. Definitely go give it a try. Um, but I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, feel free to like or rate wherever you listen. Um, has been so much fun making the podcast. We're almost to episode 50. This is episode 42. That's so exciting. We'll be at 50 before I know it, which seems like such a small number, but, you know, for doing this for almost a year and a half. Um, It's really cool to be kind of getting up there in numbers and I've been able to be pretty consistent this year, which has felt really good. Um, If you want to know what the podcast is up to on socials, I have the podcast on Instagram and Twitter under M Murder Movies. So that's M as in Massacre Murder Movies on Instagram and Twitter. I hope that you have a lovely week or weekend whenever you're listening to this and remember to stay safe and stay spooky.